Greetings, one and all. Hello and welcome. Welcome, everybody, to the Cloud English Podcast. My name is Luke. It is December 23rd, 2034, I think, and we have a lot to talk about. It is the eve of Christmas Eve, if that's your thing. People celebrate Christmas, uh, Christmas Eve is somehow now becoming a bigger holiday than Christmas in some ways. It's on my calendar. For some reason, it showed up on my calendar as an event. Tomorrow is Christmas Eve. I remember that day as a child being the most exciting day of the year. For sure, without a doubt. Now, not so much. I didn't even remember. I forgot that it was coming up. Anyway, that's what's going on. We have a lot of stuff to talk about today. We're going to be focusing today generally on health. We're going to be talking a bit about how to describe how you're feeling. That's an important thing to be able to do, whether you're talking to friends or family or a doctor, right? You need to be able to describe how you feel, to describe your symptoms. We have some specific phrases to go over to do that. We are also going to be getting into fitness descriptions. What exactly is the difference, for example, between being fit or being in shape or getting in shape or being out of shape? Why why are we even using shape at all? Yeah, that's a good question. We're going to talk about that. We're going to spend a little time talking about longevity. And then I do have a video I want to share uh, that I think is an interesting demonstration of a modern English speech phenomena. And that is not so closely related to health, but, you know, it's just our theme for today. We're going to be talking about some other stuff as well. If you have questions and you're watching or listening live, pop those into the chat. I'll do my best to get to some of those. And if you're listening later, congratulations. More and more people are listening, uh, either on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Uh, I think those are the two main ones. So welcome, listeners. It's great to have you. You can follow or subscribe uh, or, yes, subscribe and follow, I believe, on whatever podcast platform you like to use. The link to that is in the chat uh, if you are not doing that. If you're interested in watching uh, these uh, live and participating, and or checking out other videos, because I also post three to four videos per week, including another podcast I do with Mushroom on the weekends, then you can subscribe to the YouTube or Facebook. Let's be honest, YouTube is the place to be, right? Also, if you want to grab a free course to improve your spoken English, you can sign up for Uh, Natural English Conversations, that is my free course. You can grab that, well, I did say it's free, for free, and that is in the links in the description. It should be the first link. And also, if you want to sign up for a monthly membership, you can get 30% off the monthly membership. And by the way, it is not just 30% off for the first month. Don't you hate that when the first month of a membership is just 30% off the first month, and then the next month (laughs) you have to pay the full price. It's 30% off for the first entire year, all right? So check out the monthly membership. 
I'm posting stuff regularly there uh, on the on the website, and you can check out other links if you like. If you are interested in supporting the podcast, then I would appreciate if you could simply hit the like button and subscribe. It is a tiny little action that takes you less than a single second, which can be a big help for uh, for the podcast. It's a good way to show support, and it's a good way to help us, me, grow. All right, so that's it for the top of the show. I think we can kick it off with our first topic, and it's great to see that we have some people joining. Luba is here, and Walla is here, and Alejandro is here, and Omar is here, and Octavio is here. That's fantastic. It's good to have you all here. Wonderful. Amazing. If you're into Christmas, Merry Christmas. If you do one of the other things, Merry whatever that is. <laughs> I did Christmas one time with... I told this story already. Dang it. Merry Christmas. Why is it Merry Christmas? I think we should change it to Happy Christmas because it's weird. Nobody uses the word Merry anymore. I think it should be Happy Christmas. A long time ago, I told this story, but I helped some some uh, friends, some Japanese friends who did not speak English, period, uh, on Christmas Eve. They were visiting the city, and for some reason I ended up being their sort of helper guy to help them get subway cards and stuff. And on Christmas, they kept saying, Happy Merry Christmas, Happy Merry Christmas, because they thought that Merry Christmas was the name of the holiday, and they didn't realize that Merry means happy. So, you know what? Let's get rid of Merry. That's my new campaign for 2023. If I ever run for president, that is going to be, I'm going to be running on three major uh, initiatives. Number one, Mary will be changed to happy. And anyone caught using Mary in front of Christmas will be sentenced to life in prison. Number two, live music. (laughs) I'm going to be such a popular president. Live music is illegal. (laughs) Because I don't like it. (laughs) Number three, that's my unpopular opinion. If, if you want to know my most unpopular opinion, that's probably it. I don't like I don't like live music. I think it's bad. I've never heard live music that I enjoyed, ever. Number three, I'm like a Grinch, right? I'm like the Scrooge or the Grinch. I'm so I'm so uh, uh, bitter and cynical. Why? Wow, what's what's happened to me as an adult? Number three, uh, if the coffee cup lid for the paper cup doesn't click on, and if it just sits on top of the cup, then whoever made that is uh, sentenced to also life in prison. Whoever, whoever designed the cup lid that just sits on top of the paper cup, this is the worst crime against the coffee drinking experience, I think, of all time. It's, I don't know how, what, How could someone design that? It needs to click on so that when you take a sip, the lid doesn't flip up and spill all over you, right? And I still encounter these lids that just sit on top. What is going on? It's it's 2034, for goodness sakes. It's unacceptable. It's unbelievable. All right. 
Anyway, uh, to business, to business. Yes, some people are not agreeing that my initiatives are a good idea. And you know what? They might be right. I'm actually not too confident about those. Please do not elect me as president of the United States. I don't think that's a good idea. I will become a tyrant. I will be mad with power. Uh, and I will only, I will put all of the state budget, all of the federal budget into sort of uh, my swimming pool and my mansion and my yacht and all of that stuff. So I probably wouldn't be a good, a good leader. Anyway, so let's get into... And if you guys have questions, those viewing live, those listening live have questions, I'll get to those. If anyone wants to ask live questions and you're in the Discord, uh, just let me know. I can open up the I can open up the office hours voice channel and you can actually participate and ask uh, ask questions. Okay? So I can happy to do that if you'd like. All right. But no pressure, no pressure. People are scared to ask questions live, I know. All right, so let's hop into our first our first topic. As I said, we're going to be spending a little time talking about how you feel. And why did I say it like that? How you feel? It's a weird way to say it. Uh, uh, but first, I need to, I forgot to add my, I forgot to add my slides to the thing. Give me one moment while I resize this. Bear with me, friends and neighbors and citizens, pilgrims, uh, bohemians, uh, Targaryens, or whatever you may be. Bear with me. Bear with me. I just have to resize this so that, because I forgot to do it before. I really need to get on that. All right. All right. Okay. We're good now. Okay. We're golden. We're made in the shade. That's as, as dope as soap on a rope. Okay. Enough of that. So let's, yes. Let's get into our first, our first topic. Um, whether you're talking to a doctor or a friend, family member, you need to know how to describe how you feel. Whether you're getting sick or you don't feel well or you were sick and you're feeling better, right? You need to be able to describe these different states. Now, why not just describe feeling great, feeling perfect? Because we often don't need to. We usually only talk about it when there's an issue. And when that problem is getting worse, and then when it's as bad as it can get, describing our symptoms, and then as it gets better. This is when we usually talk about how we feel, what we have, what's wrong, right? So... That's what we're going to spend a little time on now. How do you feel? And we're going to start with simply, I am and I'm, of course. I'm is more common than I am. Now, this might be a way to talk about symptoms. Symptoms are the things that you experience associated with some, some, there's a hair on my eyebrow, some problem. You have an issue. Okay, well, what are the symptoms? Okay, you might say, for example, I'm not feeling myself. Now, that's not really a specific symptom. That is a broad sort of, a broad description of how you, how you feel. I'm a bit under the weather. But then once you say that, 
you might then go into something more specific. I'm not feeling myself. Oh yeah, what's wrong? I'm feeling a little nauseous or just I'm a little nauseous. I'm a little nauseous. So you can use I am or I'm for both of those to speak more broadly, generally about how you feel, and then to go into some specifics. I'm a bit under the weather. I'm so cold. I'm under the weather. First, that's the broad description. Okay, now give me one of the symptoms. I'm so cold. Or if it's a fever, something like that, I'm burning up. I'm burning up is a common way to describe a fever. And we'll talk about how to say fever, but we wouldn't say I'm fever. You would say I'm burning up. So the interesting difference is when we use things like have, we might be naming the thing, right? I have a fever, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But when we use I am, then it feels more like an experience, right? I'm burning up is something I'm going through, and it's not necessarily naming it. I'm not saying it's a fever, right? I'm nauseous. That's what I'm going through right now. So it's a way to make things a little bit more immediate to emphasize them as experiences. I'm as sick as a dog. That's a common expression. I feel like it's less common than before, but if we feel very bad, I'm as sick as a dog. Oh, wow, that's that's terrible. I'm exhausted, right? I'm fatigued. I'm nauseous. I'm burning up. I'm dying. <laughs> Something really bad. But then we might describe this movement from, well, where are you on, on, on this path of hopefully getting better? <laughs> it's not getting better. I'm on the way down. I'm getting worse. I'm getting worse. I'm getting worse. That means maybe my fever is getting higher or my symptoms are getting more severe, right? Getting worse suggests movement. Getting. Getting better. Getting worse. And you can say, by the way, once you're through that very difficult part, I'm getting better. I'm getting better. And then I'm great. I'm fine. I've got a hair on my eye. What? Where is this hair? What is going on here? I feel this this hair, but I can't locate it. Anyway, I'm, I'm losing my mind. I'm losing my hair. <laughs> I, I'm getting worse. <laughs> I'm slowly recovering. Okay, so we're describing there. We've reached the bottom and it's it's coming back to normal, but I'm slowly recovering means there's, uh, it's, it's going to take a while until I feel completely myself. Okay, now we need to talk about naming the thing, right? And it's common to say I have, but it's also really common to say I've got. Now, what's the I've there? What well, is just another I have? It's I have got. That's what it is. I have got. You might you might say to yourself, well, that doesn't grammatically make a lot of sense, right? I would say for now, just don't worry about it. Stop asking questions. Just, <laughs> just shut up and say it. <laughs> now is not the time to point out what doesn't make sense in the English language. Okay, so name what you have. I have the flu. Okay, I've got the flu. Perfect. Well, I'm sorry to hear that you have have the flu, but <laughs> I mean, that phrasing is perfect. So great job on the phrasing. Sorry about your flu. I have COVID. I've got COVID. Is there any difference between those? 
No, not really. I've got feels a little bit more colloquial, a little more casual, but it's it's literally the same thing. To name a specific disease, disease. I've got rabies. I've got rabies. <laughs> Stay away from me. I want to bite you, and if I do, you will get rabies too. Okay, so that is the specific name of the disease. But we could also describe symptoms this way. I've got fatigue. I have fatigue. I have a fever. A fever is a named thing, but a fever is not a specific illness, right? It's just a symptom. So you can use I have and I've got to name symptoms as well as the specific thing that you have. I have a cold. I have the flu. I have the chills. I've got the chills. I've got a high fever whatever it may be. Now, changing that to the past tense, of course, puts the whole thing in the past. So if you say, I got without the I've, this, this hair is still here. What is this? Oh, there it is. I got it. It was an eyelash, two eyelashes. Finally found them. God. Okay. All right. Well, where was I? Oh, yes. So if you put everything in the past, right? You can do that, if you want to put it in the past, you can do that by using just got or changing have to had, putting it in the past. So I had a fever means now I don't. I had a sore throat means now I don't. I had major fatigue means now I don't. It's still here. What is going on? Am I losing my mind? Um, I'm having a major a mental breakdown. A third, what is happening with my <laughs> the hair on my eye? So you could say it, you could say had, or if you want to state something that you experienced that is now over, that is the name of an illness, you might say got by itself. Not I've got, but just got. So I got COVID. Well, that means that you don't have it now, but you caught that. So that's kind of uh, the meaning of got by itself is in the past, and it's sort of like caught. I caught COVID. I got COVID. In fact, got is probably the most common way to describe that. I got COVID. I got the flu. I got sick. All of that is in the past, okay? Now we want to experience or we want to express the way that we feel right? The, the experience of being sick and this, or, or by the way, getting better, right? And the condition or state of, of doing that. I feel much better today. I feel pretty good today. I may be improving much better than before. That's your experience. That's a focus on the subjective, right? I feel back to my old self. This is a common expression that we use. If you feel back to your old self, that means here here you were when you started, fine, and then uh, you got sick, you got COVID, and then you experienced uh, fatigue and fever and all of that stuff, B mental fog. Maybe, maybe after you recover from the fever, you have a week or two weeks of just fog, which is what I had when I got COVID, and then slowly, slowly, slowly you improve, and now you're back to where you were before, so I'm back to my old self, suggests that now all of the symptoms are gone. Every one of them are gone, okay? But we don't have to just say I. We can say it, we can say my. 
it and my. So your what? If you want to be specific and locate things on your body, my hand, my arm, my throat, my head, my ears, my body, my soul, my eye. <laughs> Another one. What is happening? I'm just shedding. Am I just shedding different eyelashes or what is going on? So to locate things, my is a really, really useful sort of my something is a really useful way to talk about not everything, right? But a specific part of the body or some kind of specific thing. My whole body aches might be a way to, yeah, locate it to your whole body, but kind of emphasize that it's not just part, not just my joints, not just my, my chest or my neck, my whole body. And then it feels a lot better now might be to answer a question. Instead of, how's your throat feeling? You know I had a sore throat before. My throat was so itchy. It feels so dry and itchy. And then you say the next day, how's your throat feeling? Instead of saying, my throat feels a lot better now, I might say just it. It feels a lot better now. It's feeling a lot better now. So that's also very common. Finally, what are we able to do or not able to do, depending on whether we're getting better or getting worse, right? This is a way to talk about the impact of maybe an illness, of catching the flu, of getting sick in some way, whatever may happen, maybe an injury, you could say, right? If you get injured, what are you able to or what are you not able to do because you got injured? How about this? I can finally breathe again. Early in COVID, people described having trouble breathing, catching a full breath, and now they feel that they can again, finally, after a few months, I can finally breathe again. Or maybe they have serious asthma, and you get an inhaler, and ah, I can finally breathe again. Before, you couldn't. You had some issues with that. I can move around the house maybe means you had a serious injury or major fatigue before you were just laying in bed, you couldn't move, you had no energy, and now you're able to at least move around the house. And you could add finally there too. I can finally move around the house. Or how tired are you? Well, I can move around the house, but I can't really go out for a walk or anything like that. I can't even get out of bed. So this is to emphasize how severe something is. I can't even, I can't even get out of bed. How bad is your injury, right? You hurt your leg, you hurt your back, something like that. How bad is it? I can't even get out of bed. I want to, but I can't without my, without a crutch or something like that. So, okay, that really helps emphasize it. You're not just saying my back hurts. You're, you're telling me how bad it is by saying what you cannot do, right? I can't eat without throwing up. I can't eat without throwing up. That's pretty serious nausea. You have a stomach virus or something like that. That's pretty severe. I can't even eat without throwing up. So again, focusing on the impact, focusing on what you are or are not able to do because of whatever is going on with you. So we talked about have to describe or name usually the thing. We talked about I am, right, or I'm to focus on generally what we're going through, right? 
I'm sick to simply state what we are experiencing right now. We talked about I can or I can't to say what we are or are not able to do. And we talked about uh, having something. We, oh, I said that one. We talked about feeling something, I feel or it feels, to emphasize the experience, right? To focus on pain or getting better, for example. If you have any questions about this, let me know. It's not that hard once you know those beginnings and you just have to practice using it. So any questions, let me know. And if you want, you can check out my full courses in the links in the description. Get a free course, Natural English Conversations. And also, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. Okay. So, what is going on with... Am I imagining that there's a thing on my eye? Or... Yes, there is. There's a hair. Oh my god, that's insane. What? That's what I was feeling. A hair has grown out. I don't know if you can see that. Horrifying. A hair had grown out underneath my eye. <laughs> what? Oh my god. Weird. Very weird. Very strange. Sorry Sorry if, if that grossed anyone out. I, I, I feel confused by that. Okay, now if there are any questions, I'm happy to answer them. My, 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 my current mic setup is not great for drinking coffee, I'll be honest. I have to sort of pass it under the microphone or... All I want for Christmas is no strange rogue hairs growing under my eyes. Alejandro says, I don't think the word Mary is going to be taken out of existence. I tend to agree with you. You're probably right about that for sure. You want me to answer the word snob? All right. I think that's actually, that's actually a good one to talk about. And Oliver, hello and welcome. Happy Christmas to you. Not Merry Christmas, but happy what do you call the bubbles on the skin after spilling boiling water? I think that would just be, I would call that third degree burns. I mean, that's just a burn, a burn or a burn rash. I think it would just be called a burn. Yeah, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so I, I, I want to take on one of... Uh, Adnan, hello, welcome everyone. We're going to be getting into some other health-related topics, but I do want to also answer any questions. So let me take on Alejandro's question here. And actually, I think I'm going to do the question thing a little differently. I'm actually going to pop over to the Blackboard just in case I need it, right? Okay, so we'll put that right up there at the top, shall we? Because we might, we might want to give some examples. Can you hear that? I don't know if you can hear the rain. Oh, my eye feels much better now. Ah, that was a tr that was traumatic. It was a traumatic experience with the. Uh, 
You know what? Hold on. I'm going to move my mic setup a little bit. I'm I'm feeling a little bit encumbered. So, give me bear 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 with me for a second. I'm going to move this. Is that all right? Let me just do a quick sound check. Remove that cat hair. I'm plagued by hairs today. Testing. Okay, we're good. Hallelujah. This is better. Ah, this is what I'm used to. Ah, I like this. Okay. Okay. And got my board. So Alejandro says, bro. Could you tell me what does the word snob mean? For example, you're such a snob. And I absolutely can tell you what it means, Alejandro. So in general, a snob is someone who we might call pretentious. They look down on others. They might be very picky. And usually, when, usually when we use this word, it is a negative description. It is a negative adjective. But I would want to focus on it in sort of two key ways. One might be a kind of uh, a kind of general general description, and one is more specific. Okay. So in the general description, this is I would say more negative. just to describe a person as a snob. You're such a snob is the kind of person they are. They look down on others as lower than them. Generally, they think that they're better than everybody else. They flaunt what they have. Oh, check out my Rolex, that sort of thing, right? And it's not just someone who has a Rolex. It's someone who has a Rolex and thinks that that's what makes them better than others, right? And they actually treat others worse because of that, right? So, and sometimes we say uh, a, a snob. A snob is also very stuck up. Stuck up. You have your nose in the air and you're looking around at others as though they are but peasants in your presence. Peasants in your presence, right? You're such a snob. You're so stuck up all the time. The opposite of this would be what? Probably down to earth. So I would want to emphasize that it's all about the attitude and the treatment of others and not necessarily in what someone has or their quality of life. You always hear about uh, Keanu Reeves, who's very wealthy. He's got probably hundreds of millions of dollars and probably, a, I don't know, a mansion. I don't know what, where he lives and a bunch of fancy cars, but people always say that when they meet him in person, and of course, I don't know if this is true or not, he is very down to earth, right? So down to earth is the opposite, down to earth. And this this is someone who is 
humble. This is someone who doesn't like to show off. This is someone who maybe has a Rolex because they like Rolexes, but don't think that that makes them better than others. And don't criticize people who, who just wear, I don't even know, Casio watches or something like that. Oh, you have a Casio? Too bad it's not a Rolex, right? That is snobbish behavior. And sometimes you do hear people say snobbish. And the opposite would be down to earth. Yeah, he's got a mansion and uh, a Rolex and all of that, but he's still very down to earth. So again, it's not what you have or don't have. It's about the attitude. It's all about how you treat others and how you behave. But then there's something a little different, which is a bit more specific, and that is a something snob. Okay, this is not as negative. This might be a little bit more like picky or maybe sensitive. Picky or sensitive, I think, would be a good way to say it, right? So you often hear wine snob, a wine snob, or something like that, right? Uh, or a, a, slo a slob, that's different. A snob when it comes to, you know, I'm a bit of a slob. Why do I keep saying slob? That's a different word. I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to coffee. I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to chocolate. I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to clothes. I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to watches. But it's, it's focused on that one specific thing, and it doesn't necessarily mean that that's the kind of person I am. You can be a wine snob, but still very down-to-earth and humble. You could be a snob uh, about or when it comes to watches because you don't like to wear Casio watches, but you're still a, a, a humble person in general, right? But you think that th that watch is trash and I only wear the best watches. I don't know anything about watches, okay? So please don't, please don't uh, ask me any questions about that. So what I, I really like coffee. I drink a lot of coffee. I know quite a bit about coffee and I can often taste the differences between coffee from one part of the world as opposed to another. If you gave me an African coffee and a and a South American coffee, I, I think I could taste the difference. Pretty confident. But, but I'm not a coffee snob. Now, I would be a coffee snob if I insisted that I only drink the best coffee. I'm sorry. You know, I, someone offers me coffee and I say, no, thank you. No. I don't have to say it like that. Uh, no, thank you. But the real reason is because it's trash, and I wouldn't, I wouldn't be caught dead drinking that coffee. But, and that that might make me a coffee snob. But I'm not a coffee snob, because even though I know a lot about coffee, and I I think I have a pretty good coffee palate, and I do like to drink nice, expensive coffee sometimes. I will drink the worst trash <laughs> coffee. You could give me, give me styrofoam cup gas station coffee. Bring it on. I love it. <laughs> give me instant coffee stirred with a, one of those little plastic straws that's been sitting around for three days. Bring it on. <laughs> I love coffee, not just for the fine taste and the aroma. I love coffee for what it is in its totality. Uh, Walmart coffee, gas station coffee, instant coffee, coffee packets, uh, the craziest coffee you can imagine, uh, Kopi Lawak coffee, uh, whatever, whatever. 
I'll try it all. And so I'm not a snob, but I do know about it. So that's kind of the idea. Hopefully that's clear. If you have any questions about what snob means and how to use it, let me know. Also, feel free to hit the like button and subscribe to support the channel. Check out the free courses in the link in the description and get a free course. That should be the first link in the description. Okay, great question from Mr. Alejandro. I appreciate that, sir. A classic, a classic Alejandro question. Excellent. Excellent. Thank you so much. We have some other things I want to get to. Happy Christmas, everybody. I like this. I like that we've got some uh, I like that we've got some happies coming in because, you know, I'm 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 in favor of that. Uh, and I don't know if you know that we're banning Mary. So Merry Christmas will soon be be punishable by um, a life sentence in prison. We say that word the same way in Russian, and it has the same meaning. Oh, nice. Good to know, Luba. Hi, Luke. You keep putting stuff out in week out the festive season, notwithstanding. Much appreciated. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Let me read that again. You keep putting stuff out week in out the festive season, notwithstanding. Oh, I see what you're saying. Uh, I keep because I keep doing uh, live podcasts and posting videos and stuff. Absolutely. In fact, I'm going to be releasing a new video this week about Salt Bay crashing the World Cup. Yes, yes, yes. Happy Christmas, everyone. Happy Merry Christmas. Okay, it's time to move on, I think. I want to talk. One thing we're going to do later, by the way, just to tell you what's coming up a bit, we're going to be going over what exactly does it mean to say that you're in shape or out of shape, right? What exactly does that mean? Because there's, there's some, there's definitely some fuzziness around that. And then uh, we're going to get into, we're going to look at a quick video about vocal fry. And, um, and then um, um, we're going to talk about blue zones. We're going to do the thing we did last week where we build a word bank from an article. I think that's a great way to discover words, and we're going to try to make that a regular thing. So that's what's coming up today. Again, thanks for joining, everyone. It's great to have you here. And um, let's get into the next topic. Maybe a little coffee break first. So I have two general, well, I have actually several ways to make coffee at home, but two common ways that I make coffee at home. One is a Keurig, you know, the little machine with the, I don't know if you're familiar with that. It's got uh, what are called K cups and you pop those in their little pods push the thing down, push a button, and it makes you a little cup of coffee. I also have a, I guess you could call it, fancier way to make coffee. Uh, I have an espresso machine at home. Uh, recently, my espresso machine caught on fire <laughs> and melted inside. I smelled plastic, and so I immediately unplugged it. 
I called the company that ma manufactured it. They sent a box. I packed it up in the box. I shipped the machine to them. They paid for the shipping. The, it re was returned to me repaired uh, about a week later, and now it's it's there. But now I've accustomed myself to just drinking the Keurig, so I haven't even used it. Uh, you know, you do get maybe a better cup of coffee with espresso because it's going to be a bit stronger, and there's a bit more, the flavors are a little bit more interesting with espresso, maybe an Americano, for example. But I'm enjoying the I'm enjoying the Keurig again. Uh, I'm enjoying the Keurig coffee. I like to get the Starbucks Keurig K cups. That's usually my my go-to. All right. So let's 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 uh, let's talk about fitness so we're gonna hop over to the blackboard yeah you know what this means maybe but do you know exactly the difference between it and other things well, maybe maybe not I don't know let's see let's see all right So, okay. there we go. When we talk about fitness, what exactly are we talking about? Are we talking about how someone looks? Are we talking about their ability to run or jump? Are we talking about their heart health? Right? Or, or how long they can hold their breath. What, what are we talking about? And what about phrases like in shape and out of shape? In shape and out of shape. What about these? What is this? Spape shape. Out of shape. Well, I want to explore this because there's... There are a few different layers here. One layer is the actual meanings, and then there's also connotation that we need to explore, all right? So broadly, when you say the word fitness as a noun, people think of it as a category. And usually when people think of fitness, the immediate association is exercise. So although Although fitness includes your diet and how you eat, right? Losing weight, for example. Fitness is very important to me. Might include having a very healthy diet. When I say fitness is very important to me, most native English speakers are going to picture me maybe running or lifting weights or, or swimming or something like that. Doing some physical exercise, either, either uh, strength a strength exercise, let me pop a little T in there, or perhaps a cardio exercise. Cardio would be things that make you breathe heavy and increase your heart rate, right? Uh, running and swimming and uh, jumping jacks and 
things like that. Things they do with the ropes, I think that's I think that's cardio too. I don't know. <laughs> right? So that's what people naturally associate with fitness is the exercise part, right? But again, we're just talking about a broad category of activity there. What about if we remove the ness part and we just say we just say he or she she or he is very fit. Okay, now what are we picturing? Are we saying that they're healthy in terms of their heart, in terms of maybe their muscle mass, how much fat they have? Are they healthy, right? Or are we talking about looking great, having a great body, a muscular body, a toned body? What are we talking about here? We could be talking about either one, right? If, if someone says he or she is very fit, medically, medically, we're, we're only talking about how healthy they are, certain metrics about their health, right? If they run for 20 seconds and after 20 seconds they're <gasps> breathing very heavy, then this person may not be fit, okay? So one, one meaning of this or one connotation of this is the sort of medical one, and that is about how much activity you can do, really how healthy you are. That is your fitness. That is how fit you are. And even if you have a bit of a tummy, uh, you're a little bit chubby, you can, you can be fit overall, right? You, you maybe maybe not morbidly obese, but at least you can be fit and not extremely muscular. We say shredded, right? So you can be fit, but not... <laughs> Let's... I'm going to use shredded. I like that. Not shredded. So if you're shredded, that means you have amazing muscles, extremely cut, angular muscles, very low body fat, right? You're shredded. But... The more everyday usage of fit is more like you have muscles, you look fit, right? So because we're not doing medical, we're not walking around doing medical tests on people all day. Excuse me, let me let me take out my stethoscope. Ah, yes. <laughs> uh, could you run for me for about 30 seconds? Oh, uh, mm, okay. Uh, you are very fit, even though you don't look like it. We don't do that. So we just look at people. And from their appearance, we make judgments. And so if we see someone who looks like they have nice muscles and maybe they don't have a lot of fat and they generally look very healthy, we would say he or she is very fit. You look very fit. You look fit. But so we have to, we use it in both both ways. Someone may look very fit and be extremely unhealthy. Okay, you have muscles, but uh, you're you know weeks away from death because you're just lucky in the way that you look, but but you you really aren't healthy at all. You don't take care of yourself. It it happens to be how you look. <laughs> you look muscular, but it's because of all the drugs that you do that you you don't gain weight. And uh, it makes your muscles stand out. but <laughs> So you're not fit at all. But you look fit. So there's the perception, and people use fit for that. And then there's the medical reality, and people use fit for that. But the one that that is closer to the appearance is the more common one, okay? 
So what about people describing themselves then? If you describe yourself, it's probably a mix of the two. I'm getting more fit. I got fit this year. This year, my New Year's resolution is to get fit. Because it's about ourselves, we know what's going on inside of our bodies a little bit because of how we feel, and we know what we look like or we want to look like. So by saying, I want to get fit, it probably both means, the way people usually use it, that I want to be healthier, probably. I want to have a healthier heart. I want to, I want to feel good, right? I don't want to get out of breath when I walk up a flight of stairs. And I want to look better. I want my muscles to be a little more pronounced or more toned. I want to maybe lose 20 pounds. So getting fit might mean both there. So you can see that, you know, although they have the same meaning, we're using it in very different ways here. Now, what about in shape and out of shape? These, they mean the same thing. If you're not fit, you are out of shape. And if you are fit, you are in shape. That's it. That's it, right? He or she is, and we wouldn't say very in shape probably, but we would just say he or she is in shape. And what this means is exactly the same as fit, but sometimes there is more of an emphasis on the on the appearance. And for this one, we don't usually use it in that more medical sense, usually for the 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 truth, right? The medical truth of, yeah, you can run for a minute without getting out of breath. Uh, we wouldn't say, okay, you're in shape. We would say, a doctor might say, okay, you're quite, you're quite fit or you are not fit, but they probably wouldn't say you are not in shape. You are out of shape. That's more of a, it's slightly more superficial in the way that, in the way that we use it. So we look at someone and we see that they are a little overweight, maybe, ch maybe chubby, maybe a little, a, a bit maybe kind of fat. Fat is usually quite fat. So chubby, a little overweight. And we say, um, you know, he's kind of out of shape. He used to be in shape and now he's kind of out of shape because he works too much and stopped exercising. He's out of shape. That's kind of his appearance, a little pudgy. Oh, that's another one, a little pudgy and uh, maybe just the appearance not as healthy as before. Okay, but when we go back to the person talking about themselves, they then might be talking about themselves as in shape and out of shape, either to focus on their appearance or to focus on their health. So you might say, even though I've put on 20 pounds, I'm still in really good shape, right? We would say that about ourselves because we know what we're able to do. We, we still run regularly. We still lift weights. We still have good cardiovascular health. We don't get out of breath. Those ways to measure or figure out, you know, how healthy you are right now uh, uh, in terms of fitness, we might use in shape for that regardless of how we look. So we might have, 
we might have put on a few extra pounds, but we could still say, I still think I'm in great shape. Yes, I've gained weight, that's true, but I'm in great shape, still. You could say that. Now, some people will mean it that way, but some people will mean it the other way. Some people will focus on only the appearance. This year, my goal is to get in shape. And if we want that, if we want to achieve that, but we're not there, we use get. We say get fit and get in shape. Get, get, get. I want to get fit. I want to get in shape. And I think get in shape is more common than saying get fit. And usually, if I were to say it right now, my goal for 2097 20, is to get in shape. I'm probably focusing on being healthier, eating better, looking better, uh, maybe building a little muscle and running more and, you know, the overall sort of fitness that I want to achieve, including my appearance, right? And if it's a process, if we're moving away from that, for example, we were in, a, in, in really good shape and now we're sort of getting out of shape, getting out of shape. So we're sliding down. I'm kind of getting out of shape. I'm eating junk food. I'm not exercising enough and it's not good. I'm getting out of shape. I think a great example of this might be something like bodybuilders who have amazing muscles, giant muscles, but they might not necessarily be in shape at all. They're so out of shape, they can't run. They're so bulky. Some of them may not be in great shape, even though they are extremely muscular and they, they look like works of art, right? So that's where all of this kind of gets into that territory of connotations, of what does it mean in the way that you say it, in the situation that you say it in. It depends on the person. It depends on the situation. What you have to know is that we use these words differently, sometimes to refer to the medical truth. <laughs> you uh, are not very fit. And sometimes to focus on the superficial appearance. Wow, he or she looks really fit or doesn't look very fit or is out of shape, or is really in shape. And sometimes we're talking about both, and usually the people talking about both are the person who's saying that themselves, because they live inside their own bodies, so they might mean it either way, okay? So hopefully that clears things up, or at least gives you a clue about <laughs> why this is not so clear if you thought they were very simple before, okay? If you have any questions, let me know. And if you don't mind and you want to support the channel, feel free to hit the like button and subscribe. Also, get a free course, a free English course to improve your spoken English. You can find that in the links in the description. Okay. So that's, let me erase this quickly. That's fitness, that's being in shape. And we'll get into some other stuff later. We have an article to look at. I don't agree with people worrying too much about their appearances. Don't forget that beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That's true. 
Vitali says in British English, fit can also mean sexually attractive. Absolutely. I agree with that. Just wondering if you use that in American English. It, it can. It can. Um, you know, there's not always a focus on that because someone could be very fit, but then there's no sexual component to that, right? But I know how they use that in British English. I would say it's it's more used that way in British English than in American English, but certainly I understand if someone says that, I understand what they're talking about, right? So I think it's just not as not as often used um, not as often used in American English that way. It's a little more general, either that sort of medical thing or uh, or the appearance. Now, I, one example might be, you know, my little brother, he, he runs really far every day now. But if you look at him, he doesn't, he does, he doesn't have, you know, insane muscles. He's in good shape, I would say, but it's not like he's extremely muscular. Um, he's very healthy. He's very fit. But uh, about five years ago, no, it's got to be more than that. Seven years ago, he wanted to become a bodybuilder. And he got absolutely shredded. It, it, he had no body fat. And he looked insane, right? He looked like a, like a beast. Uh, he was not in good shape. <laughs> he, he told me, he said he was more tired he had less energy. He wasn't really, he wasn't running. So he's in much better shape now than he was then when he had uh, crazy muscles and no body fat. So that's an interesting thing as well. It's, it's, it's very subjective. Uh, Sir, I can't remember the words for a certain condition. Sentences help me and find out the solution. Not quite sure what you mean there, Saeed Gaming, YT, but uh, maybe rephrase that. And um, let's see what I can do. Alejandro says, I don't agree that people worry too much about their appearance. Here's the thing about that. I agree you want to be healthy. And you want to, I mean, mentally healthy and not hate yourself if you're not perfect because nobody's perfect, right? However, I do have a bit of an issue with... If someone is obese to the point of being very unhealthy, right? There is kind of this interesting, this movement now called body positivity. Body positivity is this idea of kind of love yourself, be happy with yourself, which in general I think is great. But I think it should stop right at, exactly at the line where you are unhealthy and not that you should hate yourself because you're let's say for example you're I don't know exactly what the line is 70 pounds overweight right uh, 80 pounds overweight now you should not hate yourself because you're 80 pounds overweight but I don't think it's healthy for people to say stay just the way you are you're beautiful just the way you are in the sense that Encouraging it is essentially a death sentence for someone who's very overweight. Because being overweight is, is a fact. Medically proven, being very overweight is unhealthy. You 
will die younger <laughs> if you're very overweight. That's the reason why there's a there's ways to measure this. Uh, being overweight increases your chances of getting cancer, increases your chances of getting diabetes, increases your chances of high blood pressure issues, increases your chances, hugely increases your chances of heart disease. It is a killer being, I mean, I'm talking about medically very overweight to the point where it's, it's causing you health problems. Look around sometime. Do you see any 300 pound 90 year olds? No, you don't. So I think that's where the body positivity thing is great. But then also, you know, if someone around you is very overweight, I think it's okay to support them in losing weight, you know, and not to try to discourage them from losing weight. If you care about them, just imagine that they smoke two packs of cigarettes a day. You would you would not say, you know, that's great. I love that for you. If you have anything to say at all, you might say when they say, you know, I might I'm thinking I really try I want to stop smoking instead of saying, no, don't stop smoking. I, I love it for you. I, I, I you know, love yourself. <laughs> Smoke away. Instead, you, you you would probably say, yeah, you know, if you need any support, I'm I'm here for you. Uh, you know, I can take cigarettes out of your mouth and throw them out the window if you like. We all recognize nobody thinks that smoking is healthy, right? But there is now this an idea that you're not supposed to be supportive of someone who realizes they need to lose weight necessarily because then it might be criticizing who they are as a person and making them not love themselves. But they can still love themselves and be encouraged to, I think, lose weight. Um, that's my opinion. That's my take. Alejandro says, I agree with you in part because there are very healthy, worried people that die so soon. How can that be explained? There are very healthy, worried people that die very soon. Not quite sure what you mean there, Alejandro. Not sure what you mean there. I'm not sure what that means. Okay. Where are we? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about vocal fry. Very healthy. I mean, eating healthy and having a healthy life in general, but they sometimes die soon anyway. Well, People die for all kinds of reasons. I mean, I don't know what to tell you there. There are a million reasons that people die. That's a happy thought. Merry Christmas, everyone. Happy Christmas to you. <laughs> um, so I want to show you a video... Yes, I know, but there are controllable things and not, right? Yes, there are a million reasons that people die, but if you have control over one and can make it less, you should take action on that. Like smoking. The reason people encourage you to quit smoking is because it's something you can choose not to do, so you probably should. And if you're doing drugs, that might be one too, or drugs that damage you, right? Uh, you're getting hit by a truck or something, that that's just an accident it's a freak accident so yes people die of many reasons but it's generally a good idea to if you want to live longer uh those which you have control over try your best to control them so that you can be healthier longer 
<laughs> right? <laughs> People die all the time. You might get hit by a truck, so why not be fat? <laughs> I don't agree. That doesn't make sense. Uh, yeah, I don't see what's the difference between a food addiction and a drug addiction. There's no difference. There's no difference in my opinion. Okay. So we're going to talk about a video. A video, a video. There is a trend in speech, particularly among younger people, that has been identified with women that I think is actually broader that I want to talk about a bit and I want to show you a video too. It's called Vocal Fry. Vocal Fry. When your voice goes like this, it makes you sound like you're tired. Now, the criticism has been of young women who do this and there's a debate about, number one, whether young women who do this should be criticized for doing so, right? Or whether we should just accept it as, hey, it's just a way that people speak, get over it, right? I, I have an opinion about this, and I want to share my opinion. But first, for context, I want to share a video about vocal fry. So let's take a look at the video, and then... I want to talk about this a little bit. Uh, well, there's a, a man on the news. Because Linguists call it vocal fry. We should do a remake of Charlie's Angels. That throw. You hear that? That's what they're talking about. Charlie's Angels. That sort of stereotypical valley girl sound. It has been associated with the valley girl way of speaking. Like, my God. That, that kind of sound. Because it annoys me, I have to admit, okay? It's a pet peeve, a bit of a pet peeve. But, but, I think there's a, another way to see this that this video is not quite getting, but I think it is still a good setup. Exactly voice used by some of today's biggest pop culture stars. You have to dress so you can make a quick getaway. And according to some studies, cause cracks in the career paths of young women by making them sound less competent. So it's pitch. Less confident. So if you use vocal fry, people are saying it's a way of, it's a way of speaking that signals a lack of confidence. If you have it, it signals a lack of confidence. And that may be the case. But if you listen in modern, particularly modern speech among people under the age of let's say 40, you hear it a lot. You hear it all the time. Debate about vocal fry has been simmering for years. And then it's also the affectation, which is the fry and up talking. That's perfect. She nailed it. The fry and up talking. Great. But it reached a boiling point when the prominent feminist author Naomi Wolf wrote about it in The Guardian urging young women to abandon it in the workplace. Wolf clarified her point of view earlier this week on CBC Radio's The Current. I'm not criticizing young women. I'm saying our generation has failed in not providing adequate mentoring and support for these young women that they feel they need to use their voices to kind of camouflage their strength. Wolf's article... So her opinion is that actually it's not that, not that there's anything wrong with young women, it's that 
there is a need to educate people about what kind of speech will best represent their strengths. How do you speak, right? And that's an interesting take, I think. Triggered an uproar among bloggers and commentators. They say scrutiny of women's speaking patterns is just the latest frontier in the endless barrage of judgment faced by women. I think that it's ludicrous to discount what a woman says and take her any less seriously because of a speech peccadillo that... So pay attention to what she's saying. It's not fair to treat or deal with a young woman a specific way because of a mannerism or because of an intonation, right? Pay, pay very close attention to what she's saying there because that's a very interesting point as well. Young women should not be judged on a specific way that they speak. Okay. Affects everyone. What many of Wolf's opponents are particularly upset about is the double standard. Men, they say, are affected by vocal fry. Double standard meaning, hey, why are you... Men do this too. Why not? Why are you criticizing women? Valid. As well, so why not tell them to drop it to sound more professional? Still, Sklar is hopeful something good could come of this debate. And then we get to the point where we say, okay, we recognize that there are certain elements that are useful to consider for presentation, for our operating within the business world, all of that. But we just want to see those same criteria apply to men. Yeah. Right. So then, vocal fry debate is on the front burner, shaping how women's voices are perceived in the workplace and beyond. Deanna Sumanak-Johnson, CBC News. So, what is going on with vocal fry? Why are women being criticized for having it? And, you know, what, is that, what does that mean in the language, in the English language? First of all, it is not just women. So the point about criticizing women specifically for vocal fry, I think, comes because that's where we hear it more often, especially in the media because the type of women who are portrayed in reality shows, maybe they're more often the type of people who speak that way because maybe they don't have to, they're not presenting themselves in a sort of formal setting. It's the Kardashians and they talk like that because that's how uh, <laughs> extremely rich people who live in California tend to talk. But I think if you looked more broadly, you'd probably find that the number of women who use it and the number of men who use it are pretty much on par. It, I, I don't have the numbers to support that, but that is what I would guess. Okay, now we have a couple of opinions there. One opinion that women are treated unfairly because they're being criticized for this. To me, that makes perfect sense, right? Well, then, what should we do? Should we say everyone should just speak however they want all the time and we shouldn't have standards? I don't think that's what that lady was saying. She's saying, let's just be fair between men and women, right? The other lady, the feminist who everyone was criticizing, was saying the education system has failed these young women because they don't know how to represent themselves in, for example, a workplace setting. And I think there's also some validity to that, that we have in modern English broken down the barriers between public speech and private speech. 
And this is a modern trend that has been continuing ever since the, let's say, the 19th century. It's a trend toward moving away from having two types of speech to making everything one type of speech, right? If you are around me socially and you hear me talking with friends, I'm not talking like this. That's because I believe having different types of speech for different settings is necessary. And if you look at oratory back in the 18th century, it was very distinct. You have speech that you use in public in front of others, public speech, and there's an art and a craft to that. And then you have daily speech, casual conversations. So I think that the reason for this debate is because we have forgotten about this idea that there can be two types of speech. And because it's kind of mixed together, the wall has broken down so that we think that speech is just speech, we can't make any criticisms about how people talk. So my view is this. Yes, let's not criticize women for talking like this. Let's criticize everyone for talking like this. But let's not criticize everyone for talking like this in every setting. Let's criticize or educate people who talk like this when they're trying to be effective communicators. The fact is, right, the fact is if you're speaking in public, there may be some things that you can do that are going to make you more impactful. If you're talking in front of others and you're like this and you say and like, like a lot and um, and you're looking up and you have a lot of up talk where you sound like you're not confident and all of the sentences end in a question and you have vocal fry and um, you use words like literally. Okay, if you're around your friends and you talk like that, who cares? But if you are presenting to investors who might invest in your company, they're not going to take you seriously. So I think we need to move in the opposite direction. We need to get away from the trend of all speech being the same. And we need to return to this idea that there's speech we make in public and there's speech we have casually between, for example, friends. And when it comes to that casual speech between friends, whatever you want to do goes. I have nothing to say. Yeah, if you use like too much and a lot of vocal fry, whether you are a man or a woman, by the way, I probably don't want to hang out with you. My personal preference, okay? That's just me. It bothers me. It doesn't only bother me for women, though. It bothers me for everybody. And I hear it a lot among men. I hear um, like, eh, a lot among men and women. To me, it's that thing. It's not whether it's women or men. However, if it comes to a job interview, and I'm interviewing someone, if it comes to a presentation, a professional presentation, when it comes to talking in a setting in front of people, I think you need to know what is going to reach sort of the maximum audience, what is going to have the most impact. And right now, that probably means toning down the vocal fry, toning down the ums and the likes, being more articulate and actually working on the craft, the art of speaking in front of other people. So that's my take, okay? Let's be critical. 
Only of this one, though. Not of this one. And not only women, of everyone. <laughs> That's my view. If you agree, if you disagree, let me know. I'd love to hear your thoughts. If you haven't already done so, don't forget to hit the like button and subscribe. Also, check out my free course, Natural English Conversations, in the link in the description. All right. Yeah, I'm, I'd be curious for your thoughts on this. I have strong opinions about it. And it's something I want to make a standalone video about is this trend. Uh, we have somehow got this idea that speech is just speech. Talking is just talking. But if I transported you back to the, the 1800s, you would, you would be shocked at the... The difference there is formal public speech and then there is everyday speech and those are almost two different languages right and it's really interesting to to note that but also note that we've forgotten about that and that it could be a good idea to go back to it in fact in fact okay so if there are any questions by the way if anyone does want to pop into the voice chat and ask any questions or has any thoughts about any of the stuff we've talked about so far today just let me know in the chat and i will open up the voice channel if not i won't do that but you have to let me know and no pressure no pressure of course alejandro says totally agree about drugs luba says the movement in modern meaning uh, demotivates people to take care of themselves. Okay, that's about the uh, health comment. Yeah, uh, uh, that kind of speech trend is annoying, at least for me, but everyone is free to speak as they want. Everyone is free to speak as they want, but you have to deal with the consequences of not succeeding in, for example, job interviews. Job interviews, it's a yes or no situation, right? If you're up against someone who is articulate and well-spoken, you are at a major disadvantage because people use the way you speak as an indication of the kind of person you are. And if you don't know how to speak well, to communicate well, you're going to be judged on that. And you're more likely to be passed over for someone else who understands the importance of developing good communication skills good language skills, and good speaking skills. We have covered a lot so far. We're only an hour and 18 minutes in, and we've certainly talked about a lot of things. Wow, amazing. I have an article about blue zones that I want to talk about. And I also have uh, one or two other things I'd like to get into. But uh, let me just quickly change this to word bank because for the blue zones thing, for the blue zones thing, I'm we're gonna be we're gonna be looking up words. Articles are a great way to learn language. Yes, they are. Yes, indeed. All right. Okay. Give me one. One moment. Maybe I'll hit the. Maybe I'll hit this for a second. 
Oh, or maybe this. Hello, Mohammed. It's been a long time. Oh, Mahmood. Sorry. Hey, Mahmood. It has been a long time indeed. The legend. The legend has arrived. Excellent. Uh, give me one moment. I'm just doing something quickly. <laughs> Greetings from Mauritania. Greetings. Hello. Greetings. 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 New people, if you'd like, you can join the Discord. That is free. It is a free English learning community. I'm going to call it more of just an English community. Right now, I'm not sharing too many learning resources. I'm not doing a lot of hard work in there. I'll be totally honest with you. Right now, it's sort of a whatever happens, happens situation. But there are some good chats going on. People are sharing some interesting stuff. So if you want just to have an English environment that's relaxing, that's kind of fun, where people share stuff and have conversations, uh, that could be a cool place to um, uh, to practice your English, particularly your, your written English, but definitely worth checking out, I think. As I mentioned, it is free at the moment. Um, if at any point I ever go to um, if at any point I ever go to sort of a model where there's a lot of learning content in there and I'm actually putting in a lot of effort into the discord it might go to not free so get in while you can because it may not be free forever depending on what happens why did you change the name of your channel um I'm just just trying stuff out so we'll see how it goes uh, okay. So the voice channel is just is open. If anyone wants to um, hop in there and participate, no pressure, of course. And now we're going to go through our article. So get ready for that. Uh, um, uh, okay, just arranging everything here, a, a blue zone is a place in the world where there is a relatively high percentage of centenarians, meaning people who live over the age of 100. And generally speaking, these are areas where people tend to live longer than in other places. And they've been studied for the lifestyle habits, the dietary sort of uh, habits that people have in those places. In other words, what is it that makes them tend to live longer in those places. And it's interesting. So we're going to go over an article about blue zones. So you might learn some things about longevity. It's a topic I'm fascinated in, living longer. 
And we're also going to do a word bank. So we'll be hopping over here and I will be writing down terms and phrases from the article. It's a great way to learn English. It's a great way to learn new words. Why is that? Because it's contextual. When you learn in context, you learn better. You remember how it's used. You're able, you're more likely to be able to use whatever you learned more easily in your daily life. Okay. So what we're going to do is go through this. We're going to go through the whole article. So I hope you're ready for the adventure. Let us hop into it. All right. So blue zones. The article is from uh, houstonmethodist.org. And the name of the article is nine reasons people in blue zones live longer, healthier lives. Okay. The article is from August 16th, 2022. And the author is Katie McCallum. So here we go. We all want to live a long, healthy life. That's a bit of an assumption. Okay. Not everyone does, but I do. <laughs> Wouldn't it be great if there, uh, if there was some sort of cheat sheet to help make that happen? Make it happen. Why did I, why did I add the word that? Dan Bootner, a National Geographic explorer and his team of demographers, we're not going to write that one down. A demographer, I think, is someone who studies populations and uh, the sort of age groups and ethnicities, things like that. Scientists and anthropologists might have thought as much when they began, uh, uh, might, might have thought as much when they began studying regions of the world where people live the longest. The team, which coined the term blue zones, has shared what they learned about the world's longest lived communities in journal articles, talks, and books. Okay, so here's our first word. We're going to talk about the word coined. A coin? Like a dollar? What? 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 What is this? <laughs> okay, let's talk about it. So our first word is coined. Coin or coined. And essentially what it means, and you may be able to guess from the context, is to invent a term, to create a word that may be useful, that then maybe after that people start using. They don't have to start using it, but when we're in a sentence and we want to invent a, invent a new word because we feel like we need it, so to coin a term, happiness ishly <laughs> which is not a word but i'm now inventing that longer word because i think it suits what i want to say right so you add to coin a term to coin a word to signal hey i i am making up a word now just so you know in the context of this article it's uh the team which coined the term blue zones so it's saying where this word comes from Blue zones did not exist before the team created this term, right? And now we have, and now we have blue zones. So uh, we know where the source is, essentially. 
the source of the origin of this term blue zones, which again is uh, is the uh, the way to describe populations, areas of the world where populations tend to live longer. Okay, what are blue zones? Blue zones are areas of the world where people live the longest, consistently reaching age 100. In contrast, the average uh, the average life expectancy in the U.S. is currently 77 years, according to the CDC. Life expectancy, because it's so specific, I'm not going to write this one down. The life expectancy is the average that people generally tend to live. Not that many people don't live longer, but it's averaging everybody. So all causes of, of death, which includes obviously things like car accidents and uh, parachuting accidents, skydiving accidents, right? Butner and his team identified five such blue, blue zones. And it's not just about longer lives. It's about healthier ones, too, says Caitlin McAfee, a wellness dietitian at Houston Methodist. People living in blue zones are also much less likely to suffer from chronic illnesses. All right, so I'm going to focus here on chronic because that's something that comes up pretty often. So let's uh, let's talk about chronic and then it's it's uh, partner word acute. So chronic and acute. If you're experiencing chronic pain, that means it's it lasts a long time and maybe indefinite and the cause is probably deep maybe some kind of illness. It may be psychosomatic, which means it's caused by some unconscious sort of uh, issues that need to be worked out. And acute is sudden, immediate, right? So when we're talking about health stuff, a chronic illness would be something like diabetes, would be something like uh, hypertension, high blood pressure, would be something like heart disease, would be something like kidney stones. This sort of thing is this long-term health issue that is not this sudden problem that happens and then goes away. Getting the flu uh, or maybe having a sudden illness that you recover from and then it's gone. That sort of thing we could describe as acute, right? Acute symptoms are ah, ooh, ow, <laughs> or ah, I have a sore throat, or things like that that are short in duration and usually symptoms of some short duration thing, whether it's an illness or an injury, right? These are acute things. Whereas chronic symptoms are the cause or rather the result of some deeper problem that may be either incurable or requires just long-term treatment, but can uh, can generally not be cured. Maybe we can deal with it, but not actually fix it. Or maybe it just takes many years to get through this illness, right? So that's chronic and acute. We do use these words in other ways too. Uh, maybe chronic issues that a company has, right? It's not an acute issue. This is a chronic leadership failure. A chronic leadership failure suggests that there are deep systemic issues in this company when it comes to how leadership is done. And this is a chronic 
leadership failure, a deep issue that has been going on perhaps for many, many years. Okay, that's enviable given that six in 10 adults in the US have at least one chronic health condition, geez, including diabetes, heart disease, cancer, dementia, and four in 10 have two or more conditions. Whoa, <laughs> that's a lot. I don't know why I'm laughing, that's horrible. <laughs> why am I laughing? St stop laughing, Luke Pretty. The five blue zones are located in Sardinia, Italy, home to the world's longest lived man, men, excuse me, men, not man, Okinawa, Japan, home to the world's longest lived women, Loma Linda, California, Seventh-day Adventist community that outlives the average American by a decade. Ikaria, Greece, tiny island community with significantly reduced rates of common chronic illnesses. Nicoya, Costa Rica, area where people are more than twice as likely as Americans to reach 90 years of age. These are the original blue zones, says McAfee. Since this time, though, the blue zone principles have been used to create healthier communities across the U.S., including other parts of California, Oregon, Minnesota, and our Texas neighbor, Fort Worth. Maybe that's near where Methodist is. Did we read that? Okay. Fort Worth is a, is a city. What do the Blue Zones teach us about healthy aging? The goal of studying the five Blue Zones was to uncover commonalities that might explain why people from these regions live longer lives without the chronic disease rates we see elsewhere, explains McAfee, McAfee, McAfee. Okay, to uncover commonalities, to uncover issues. Now, I'm sure you can guess what this means, but let's just write this down as a as a really useful word to know uncover uncover and i write this down because the meaning is obviously to take the cover off of something but it's more often used figuratively than literally so if there's a figurative meaning figuratively and literally i'm sure you know literally 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 so if it's figurative, it's not actually doing that thing physically, but it is still using the concept to explain something. So to uncover a box is to literally take the box off of, take the top off of the box, take the lid off of the box. But to uncover a mystery, to uncover the cause of something, to uncover the reasons for something, to uncover the, and what was the specific uh, word used? Commonalities. So the commonalities are what do these blue zones have in common? The noun form of that is commonality. Okay, fine, I'll write that down too. I don't really wanna focus on commonality though. If you insist, Kathy, then I will. Commonalities, okay. So the common usage is the figurative usage, which is to uncover problems, to uncover uh, crime rings, to uncover uh, issues, to uncover maybe something that was hidden before in the culture, uh, all sorts of things. And it is much less often used literally to remove the cover from some 
container or something like that. So the literal meaning is is removing the removing the lid from the box. Okay. Where were we? Oh, Butner's team identified nine healthy principles called the Power Nine. They believe to be at the core of Blue Zone Living. What are your principles? If you there's a great book called Principles <laughs> by Ray Dalio and Principles are things to live by, deep and important beliefs that you hold, that you use as guides for your life. These are things that you do not break. These are things that give your life structure. These are things that give your life meaning. These are sort of the rules for yourself that you make that you look at. So we're not talking about laws here. We're not talking about rules here. The reason they're called principles and not laws or something like that is that they come from within. And maybe some people have no principles. That means they're, they're, they'll do anything, right? Clout chasers have no principles. They'll do anything to get famous. But if you have some often core, core principles, some deep principles, then people may trust you. You may be reliable. There are things that you believe in that you have come up with yourself, which are important to you, that help you guide yourself forward throughout your life. That's a great book by Ray Dalio called Principles for Life and Work. It's, it's, it's a really great, uh, great book. Now, just as a small point here, I always uh, remember it this way. Some people ask, oh, principle, principle. What about the principle of a school? Same spelling, same pronunciation. The pronunciation of the, the leader of the school is exactly the same as this, but there's an interesting spelling point here principal, the principal of my school, principal, the principal is your pal. Pal is like a friend, right? So if you want to remember the spelling of this, principal is not how you say it, but how you spell it. He is your P-A-L at the end, your pal. He's the principal and he is your pal. Got that? P-A-L. But then P-L-E is the other is the other meaning. Okay? Okay. 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 Number one. Making movement a natural part of your day. Crap. I gotta do that more. <laughs> I need a treadmill. I do. I mean I move around, I do squats and stuff. I need to move more. Knowing your sense of purpose. Okay. Having a sense of purpose, where we're going in life prioritizing stress relief. I love the word prioritize. You probably know it, but let's um, let's just write it down because it's such a useful word. Prioritize. Prioritize is a verb, is an action. A priority is the noun. Priority is the noun. To prioritize is to say, this is more important than that. So if I prioritize family time, that is the most important time for me. If I prioritize work, that is the most important thing for me, right? To prioritize things is to essentially put them in the correct order for you. What is more important to you? Eating until you're about 80% full. So don't stuff yourself with every meal, essentially. Eating a largely plant-based diet. So not eating too much meat, plant-based, a lot of vegetables, a lot of kale and salad and avocados and nuts and things like that, instead of eating tons and tons of 
meat. Drinking alcohol in moderation. Now notice it's not saying no alcohol. It's saying drinking alcohol in moderation. If I'm not mistaken, all of the communities in the blue zones do have alcohol. I think it might be sake in the Okinawan community. In California, I think it might be red wine. And so having some alcohol in those blue zone communities is apparently fine and maybe even a part of health, but the key is moderation. If you do things with moderation, and the other form of the word is moderate. Moderate is the adjective form. Just be moderate with it. Moderation is the noun form. Moderation means you do it in a balanced way. You don't overdo it. You find the middle. I believe Aristotle called this the golden mean, the sort of golden middle where you it's not too much, it's not too little. It's okay to drink alcohol. And, uh, it's okay to, uh, to do drugs to do hard drugs just don't do too many <laughs> no maybe maybe some things are better not to do at all uh, I think probably probably uh, doing meth is one of those things that um, moderation is zero <laughs> maybe probably yeah it's a bad that was a stupid joke okay Connecting with your community, having people around you who you trust, who you can talk to, to make your life more meaningful. Maybe that means grandparents taking care of grandkids, big families getting together. Eight, putting family first. So putting something first is another way to say prioritize. If something is important to you, then you prioritize it. If something is at the top of the list, then you put it first. So you put, put mm, first, very common phrase, very common. So anytime you wanna say, this is my top priority, when I prioritize things, it's my number one priority. We could say number one priority. We could say top priority, but we also say put it first. I always put family first. I put myself first. <laughs> That's my top priority is me. So you put it first, you prioritize it, okay? Putting family, whether biological or chosen, first. So it's saying, okay, maybe you hate your real family, so maybe you get another one. <laughs> and then put them first. <laughs> Choosing social circles that support healthy behaviors. So maybe not uh, friends who uh who like to use squirrel suits squirrel suits are those suits where people are flying through the air it's extremely dangerous uh, the chance of smashing into a cliff is high so maybe squirrel suit buddies maybe doesn't qualify here because you're likely to die at a young age maybe motorcycle buddies maybe not here because the death rate is very high uh, maybe uh, meth friends, not the best choice. Uh, that t tends not to end very well. Uh, but friends who like to do active things, friends who like to socialize and talk, friends, a book club, uh, th friends who like to get together and cook together and bake together and hike together and make waffles together and look at people in squirrel suits together. Oh, look, people in squirrel suits. Glad we're not in squirrel suits. <laughs> That is a healthy behavior, right? That is good behavior. So, all right. 
Of course, nine principles is a lot to incorporate right away. Fortunately, McAfee has, I've been saying McAfee and McAfee. Uh, I think both are okay. Uh, of course, nine principles is a lot to incorporate right away. Fortunately, McAfee has some advice on how to realistically implement them. So implement is a great word, by the way. Let's write down implement, 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 implement. Uh, where can I write it? Running out of space here. I-M-P-L-E-M-E-N-T. And then if we wanted to make it another form, we would say A-T-I-O-N. Crazy. Implementation. So to implement something is to not just make it, put it there. It's to put it in place and use it, right? You may have a law but if nobody follows the law, if nobody enforces the law, then maybe it not, it's not really implemented. To implement the rule is to actually put it in use, to, to, to uh, live by something, to actually enforce something, right? Uh, we have decided on the new rule for the school, which is no, you cannot chew gum in the hallways, but it won't be implemented until next year. So the rule is decided, there's the rule, no gum in the hallways, but the implementation starts next year. So that's when it's being put into practice. So you implement life changes. You decide I'm going to exercise every day, but deciding that isn't implementing it. Implementing it is doing it, right? And this is often used in, for example, uh, people who do web design or developers. You have code that you're working on and when you actually take that code and publish it actually make it go live for users to interact with you have implemented it we've implemented a few security changes that are going to make for a, an overall more secure uh, user experience great so you were working on that for three months it's all there but it's not there and implemented until it's actually part of the app or website or whatever, okay? A lot of different uses for implement. Very, very useful word, okay. Where were we? Where are we? Tips for incorporating Blue Zone principles into your life. I think movement, eating wisely, and stress management are the areas we collectively struggle with most here in the US, says McAfee. Collectively means all of us generally. Indeed, Though surveys show the majority of adults want to improve their healthy habits, more than 90% typically give up on a diet after the first seven months, 70% cancel gym memberships after just two years, and more than 30% report experiencing symptoms of anxiety and depression. Wow, that's pretty rough. When it comes to successfully making lifestyle changes that last, McAfee emphasizes that it's important to start small. So I love the phrase when it comes to, and I think that's definitely worth keeping in mind. Uh, when it comes to, when, when it comes to, that's when you're going to talk about something. When it comes to a healthy lifestyle, when it comes to your hobbies, when it comes to your family, when it comes to implementing these security changes to our website, when it comes to uh, doing a live podcast, when it comes to going through a bunch of words from an article, 
If I want to focus on that, I can often begin with when it comes to. It's extremely useful. I love this phrase. I use it all the time as a way to say, hey, now we're going to focus on this. So when it comes to learning words, it's a great idea to learn them in context. Learning them from articles is great because you can see them in real sentences. Learning them in isolation, in lists, memorizing them in flashcards, not necessarily the best way to learn when it comes to really using vocabulary. Okay, so start small, which means to, you know, don't overwhelm yourself, just take little steps first. You don't have to overhaul your life overnight. Now, overnight is probably an exaggeration. If people say overnight, usually what they mean is rapidly. That's all. It, it's not literally over one night. It's usually just saying suddenly, quickly, right? It's not really focusing on the night. Says McAfee, Start by incorporating just one or two of these principles, being realistic about what's achievable for you. For instance, if you know you're not moving enough, McAfee says that you don't have to begin by trying to commit to strenuous exercise five times per week. Instead, your first goal might be walking 15 minutes every day, building up from there. So building up means increasing. I'm, I'm building up from uh, 15 minutes a day. After a week, I was at 30 minutes a day. Now I'm at an hour a day. She also adds that it's important to find your focus and create a plan. So make a plan, find your focus or what you're going to concentrate on. Pick a principle you want to work on, then ask yourself what you enjoy doing, what you have access to, when you can make time for it, and what's realistic for you. That's actually really good advice, I think. For building habits, you don't want to go crazy because you're likely to give up. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew because you're likely to give up. But if you take little bites and build habits slowly over time, you're more likely to be successful in the long run. It's easier to stick with something when you have a foundation set for accomplishing it. Wow, I, I agree with that completely. Here are some healthy living ideas to get you started. Walk, swim, garden, or find some other form of activity, uh, physical activity you enjoy. Find an activity buddy. Set reminders to stand up and move every hour. Increase the amount of vegetables on your plate each meal. Try eating plant-based once a week. Make time for stress relief. Practice mindfulness and positivity self-talk. Take steps to improve your sleep quality. Play a brain game. Disconnect from technology when, you, uh, when with family and friends. Plan dedicated time to spend with your loved ones. Volunteer in your community. Join a local group like a walking club, gardening group, or faith-based organization. <sighs> well, I don't want to go over any of those specific words except for one, and that is mindfulness. Mindful. Mindful. Again, with these articles, you don't want to try to learn every single word you don't know. You just want to pick, you know... 10 to 15 at the most, not that many, right? Because you don't want to overdo it. You don't want to bite off more than you can chew. So if you are mindful, that means you're paying attention to what's going on. I'm mindful of your time. I want to be mindful of your emotional conditions. I know you're very fragile. I want to be mindful of that. Please be mindful of my uh, reputation. 
When you talk about me, remember that uh, I have a reputation for being a sort of uh, uh, family friendly. So be mindful of that, please. Thank you. So to just be aware of something, to be paying attention to that. But mindfulness is focusing on more broadly, specifically, uh, it's, it's more of a contemporary word, a way of a way of calming yourself that could be an actual type of meditation. So mindfulness meditation is a type of meditation where you sit there and you simply observe stuff that's going on around you. And you notice your body and you notice the feelings and sensations. Oh, there's an eye, there's a hair growing out from under my eye. What the heck is going on? Uh, that's very strange. Uh, it's it's annoying. So mindfulness is is generally connected to uh, health in that way. All right, we're pretty much at the end here. I don't want to write down any more words because we have quite a lot. So if you want to focus on prevention, it starts with making little changes for yourself. McAfee adds. Uh, saying it differently each time. We've seen communities where these health-promoting behaviors have made a difference, so why not try to adopt a couple of these and see if they work for you too? Wow, very nice, very good. Uh, this is a great article. If you want to find the article, again, it is called Nine Reasons People in Blue Zones Live Longer, Healthier Lives, and it is by Houston Methodist. Houston is in Texas. Now let's quickly review the words and phrases we talked about. Coin, coined to invent a new word. Implement, implementation to put something into practice and use it. Uncover, usually used figuratively, not literally, to mean uh, to open something so that others can see it. Uncover a, a, a crime ring. I don't know why I keep thinking of that example. Uh, uncover a conspiracy, things like that. Core principles or principles, things that you believe in that guide your life. Principle as, as in the leader of a school, the head of a school, P-A-L. The phrase, when it comes to, to focus on one specific topic, prioritize the verb, to move something up or make it more important than other things, priority the noun, the thing that you're talking about, and similarly to put it first. The thing that is at the top of your priority list is what you put first. Chronic and acute. Chronic is uh, over the long term, something that may never go away, usually about illness or symptoms or a condition that you have often in your body or your mind. Acute is more sudden, it may come and go very quickly. Moderation, meaning to live in balance, to have uh, uh, healthy, generally healthy habits, not one, not too much of one or the other, and the adjective form of that is moderate. We talked about being mindful, being aware of things. That's a more general word, but then mindfulness is a little more specific, often emphasizing mental health specifically, and could be talking about a type of meditation. Commonalities, those are things that are common. What are what are the commonalities between these two things? What are the things that they have in common? So that's it. We talked about quite a few things. If you have any questions about these, please let me know. Uh, words, any of the phrases we talked about, whatever it may be, I'm happy to help if I can. Again, check out the article if you'd like to do that. This is a great way to learn words and phrases 
Do it once a day on your own. Look up the meanings in something like the free dictionary. It is, again, a great way to start using what you learn because, 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 because you see it in context, okay? I would appreciate if you want to support the channel, hit the like button and subscribe. You can also get a free English course to improve your spoken English. That course is called Natural English Conversations. Again, it is free and you can get that in the link in the description. All right. Oh, where are we? Well, we've covered a lot today. Luba appreciates when people correct her mistakes. Uh, I'm going to do... Okay, I may have missed some things here. Let me just quickly check the chat. Luke, have you decorated the Christmas tree? Luba, I have. I have a Christmas tree downstairs. I will share a picture of it in the... Uh, I did share a picture of it in the Discord, but I can share another picture of it in the other group uh, that you're in. Why did you change the channel name? Blah, blah, blah. As in, to coin a phrase, have you dressed up your... Um, okay, Luba, have you dressed up or decorated your tree? Uh, should be decorated, not dressed up. Decorated only, not dressed up. We dress up other things, but we only say decorate the tree. Uh, I'm going to just have a lot of time doing it. Yes, I meant his Christmas tree. Your Christmas tree, yes. Wait, what did she say before? What did I miss? Decorated a Christmas tree. Your Christmas tree. Oh, that's a small thing. Uh, yes, both of you guys, I think, have good intentions. I really appreciate when people correct my mistakes. I ask them to do it. I consider it a the best way to improve. Absolutely. And there's no hard feelings. Correction is good. I like when people correct me, too. I posted a video yesterday. I didn't notice there was a typo in one of my slides. I appreciate that. There's a typo. Understand it was coming from a good place, if you see what I mean. Yes, of course, I understand. Okay, great. All right. Friends, neighbors, citizens, gremlins, tree gnomes, elves, potato bandits, uh, turkey rustlers, pelican, pelican ticklers. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining today's podcast. It's been great to have you here. Those listening, thank you for listening. Feel free to give a rating if you can. Make sure you're following if you want to watch the video. You can do that too on YouTube or Facebook and vice versa. The uh, podcast links and the video links are in the description. So wherever, whatever is best for you. Again, thanks for hitting the like button and, and subscribing. That means a lot to me. That's a great way to support the channel and there is a 30% discount on the monthly membership and just to be clear that is 30% off the monthly membership every month for a year okay so if you sign up for the monthly membership that's 30% off every month for 12 months okay so just just wanted to make you aware of that check that link out again check out the free course you can join the discord for the time being for free if you want to do that if you want to join our english community uh, share pictures and chat and it's pretty casual right now um let's see what else yes i think that's it i hope you all have a fantastic weekend mushroom and i will be 
doing our podcast this weekend. We might be moving it to Sunday, but uh, Saturday or Sunday morning, Eastern Standard Time. Uh, I, I think I probably updated everyone already, but there will be no more Wednesday episodes. Wednesday podcast is no more. It does not exist. Instead, I will be using Wednesday to write and record a new video, a fresh video that will be released either on, um, you know, during the week, but I'm going to be spending my Wednesday doing that instead of an additional podcast. And then I'm going to put everything on in the Friday episode. So Fridays are the day now. That is the most important day of the week for the pod, excuse me, for the podcast. So um, put that in your calendar if you had it. If you have a calendar, write that down. That's it. Have a great weekend. If you celebrate Christmas, Christmas Eve is tomorrow. Happy Christmas Eve. Happy Merry Christmas. I hope you have a good one if that's your thing. And if not, fair enough. Happy whatever. Whatever else. Happy Hanukkah. Happy Kwanzaa. Happy uh, Mithras. Happy Saturnalia. Happy uh, Solstice. Happy... No, it's not a Solstice an equinox or a solstice yeah solstice yes winter solstice yes yes happy solstice um any sort of pagan holidays i can shout out i can't think of any whatever it is happy that (laughs) have a good one thanks everybody take care and i look forward to seeing you in the next one bye bye